Blake, you start watching horror movies yet? Me? No. <laughs> oh, I haven't stopped. <laughs> it's, got it's, o- it's always spooky season. Uh, oh. Does the news count as a horror movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes. Hot take of the evening. The news sucks. <laughs> I just don't think that there's that many people in this country who are watching these debates going, hmm, that's a good point. I think I might have changed my mind. Yeah. What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of the Amera Podcast. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, that was just me smelling my breath. <laughs> Your, your fan base has gotten significantly larger since last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Things grow. Things grow like Donald Trump's ego and Pinocchio's nose. Wow. But uh, what up, world? Welcome to another episode. I might not keep that. I don't know. That wasn't that good. It's okay. <laughs> keep it in. <laughs> We're leaving it in. Today is Thursday. October 1st, 2020. We're recording this episode at 6.35 p.m., episode 123. Got uh, special guest Nelson Parrish in the house with us today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for uh, having me on again. Happy to happy to see you, boys. Welcome nice back. To see you. Welcome back. Our Republican expert. <laughs> <laughs> By by uh, exposure, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and also with us this evening, Mr. John Anderson. How are you doing tonight? Oh, hey. I'm just so peachy and so relaxed and like everything is fine in Nevada in the country and I'm feeling that right now. Nice. Bring the zen tonight. I like it. So zen. <laughs> we'll, we'll check back in on that feeling in about 10 minutes. Yeah, you'll 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 see. How that goes and and bringing the punk back there with his bad religion shirt john kelly what's up <laughs> sir how are you today hey doing just fine just fine it's october 1st um so we were just talking about it it's spooky season uh in, in full effect uh happy happy fall season to all the listeners hope you're getting your pumpkin fix out there in the world you know maybe the only thing you can hang your hat on nowadays is pumpkin spice so if that's it, keep it up. Also, I hope you're getting your democracy fix because it is 33 days until the election. So make sure that you have a plan to vote. The psych- the psychology shows us that if you have a plan to vote, you're much, much more likely to actually do it. So please, 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 please make sure you have a plan. Talk to somebody about your plan. Write it down. Call your mom. Be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Whatever you got to do, make sure you fucking do it. Yeah, and especially it'll become evident, especially as we talk about some of the things that came up in our main topic of debate for the evening, which was the debate, presidential debate earlier this week. In mm-hmm. the biggest air quotes you could possibly imagine. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you want to call it a debate, more of a, uh, I don't know, I want to say a clash of egos, but Biden did a pretty good job containing himself, I think. Yeah, I I. I think the first thing we'll say about that is if you see anybody trying to both sides that debate, get the fuck out of here. No, 100%. That is not a both sides kind of situation. You had a complete gorilla and then you had an older gentleman trying to have a debate. 
Yeah, yeah, I was mostly satisfied with Biden's performance. I do wish that they didn't interrupt the moderator. That's like so frustrating for me. <laughs> and Biden did it too, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, a little bit. But, but it's much more Trump's fault in that yeah. situation. Absolutely. Um, I will call it a shit show. I know it's been used. <laughs> the term's been used throughout the Dana media, Bash but that's that's it a better shit show on CNN. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a better discussing term because that's what it was. It it was a it was a it was one side trying to have what a debate is, and that's Biden trying to be respectful and have talking points, and one side that really just didn't give a shit and just wanted to be heard, no matter what type of outrageous claims or rant he was on at the time, thought he deserved to have the moment to speak and just continued to try to take it without any decorum for a debate stage. Well, you know that's that's his tactic. Oh yeah, derail, derail, derail. I heard a theory that uh, one one of the reasons why he was so belligerent was to get Biden off his game with his stutter, which mm-hmm. is just so fucking dickish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Mo- I mean, that's look, a malicious I mean, tactic. Everything about Donald Trump is malicious, and we know that. We've been talking about it for you know four years now, almost. <laughs> All of his malicious tactics, but Fluffy, what were you gonna say? I was just going to say, as somebody who is on a high school debate team and oh. terrible at it, oh. <laughs> uh, I genuinely wish I could have known that I could have just interrupted at any time I wanted <laughs> and just said whatever I wanted. It would have been way easier. I didn't, like, at the time I was told that there were rules and, like, you're not allowed to talk at certain points. I mean, that's oh. how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. They did agree to the two-minute uninterrupted, you know, take turns, share your opinion. I'm surprised. If I was Biden, I would have – Trump lost the debate, in my opinion, in his first three or four minutes of talking because he ended up getting into a fight with the moderator, interrupting the moderator. And then he said to the moderator, well, I guess I'm debating you tonight. (laughs) By the way, it's Chris Wallace from Fox News. Yeah, right. And it's like – You're not going to get a more friendly moderator. Honestly, yeah. unless unless you literally bring in like Breitbart's top editor, and I use editor yeah. in quotation right. big air quotes there. But Blake, my oh sorry, Blake, go ahead. Yeah, my point is is that all Biden had to do at that point because Trump already lost at that point in the debate. All all Biden had to do was just be super polite from there on forward, and that's I think where I was disappointed with Biden was, and I I, I got to say he stumbled into it I think because Trump had already started this game of interrupting. But Biden definitely interrupted the moderator a few times and Trump. The the moderator had to cut Biden off, I think, at one point. But if he had just and he don't get me wrong, he did a great job overall of trying to keep it classy under that situation. When you've got, like you said, Mr. Angry Gorilla over there beating his chest. But I think that had he done a better job of just of not saying some of the stuff he said and interrupting when he did. That would have really sealed the deal. So I disagree. I Trump's belligerence puts you into a pickle, right? Which is there's there's kind of like two basic moves you can pull. One is you can try and fight him and shout at him and play the game, which is not going to work for Biden because he's trying to run the decency campaign. But if you don't be somewhat combative, you look weak and you get you get uh, stomped on. Sure. And and that is a problem, especially because one of the Republican talking points about Biden 
is that he's not he's a Trojan horse for AOC and the Green New Deal and Bernie Sanders and socialism and yada yada. So I thought that he he did a pretty good job of like I think the best move against Trump, just generally speaking, but in that debate specifically, is to belittle him. And I think that uh, Biden did a good job of that with "Will you shut up, man?" and "You're a clown" and things like that. <laughs> um, as far as his behavior with Chris Wallace, I didn't take that as anything different than a normal debate where you have some back and forth with the moderator and the candidates, and they want to get their last fifteen seconds in, and the moderator's trying to get them to move on, and yada yada. So I didn't think that that was um, out of the norm. They cannot have another debate unless the moderator has the ability to shut off their mics. It's yeah, just, mute. It, that's which, what I was going to say. Like, yeah. at what point do we like take away their ability to interrupt? It, it, so two things, number one, the election, uh, or I mean the, the debate commission, which is a nonpartisan commission that runs these debates and, and negotiates with both campaigns to determine the rules and such came out with a statement the next day saying we're going to make some changes. I believe that they are going to allow the moderator to cut off uh, the mic, although I need to confirm that. Um, I tweeted them about that that, that, that night. I was like, you guys fucking need mute to. this shit. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about it is the next debate is going to be a town hall meeting, which is going to be a lot more difficult for Trump to act that way. And, and I think it will have much more serious consequences for his electoral uh, – fate if he is that dickish and so i um, because people will see it by the masses or what because you know if you have donald trump and joe biden having kind of like the gorilla battle and whatever there is some amount of um uh positive outcomes that trump can have with that especially with his base his base wants to see that but if he if like you know fucking little grandma Sue gets up there and asks about her social security and Trump's like Trump acts that way. It's going to completely destroy his, his electoral chance. Well, I shouldn't say that it will hurt him with key constituencies that he really, really needs to take from Biden. And so I, I just think with all the social norms and the political incentives, it will be much harder for Trump to act that way mm. um, in a, in a town hall debate. But I mean, We'll see. They need to be able to cut off the mic and then um, yeah. we'll we'll just go from there. But Trump did not help himself at all. He it really looks no. like he needs to um, pick people off from Biden, especially, uh, for example, college educated suburban women who, you know, white women voted for Trump. Uh, by a slim majority in 2016 and Trump is getting killed right now by Biden. Another key constituency is uh, seniors and, and Biden mm -hmm. is also killing Trump relative to past elections in those constituencies. And so Trump needed a really big win. And because he, it looks like either is going to be steady or even decline, uh, it, it is a really big problem for him in the election. And by election, I mean, when we're voting, the election's going to be broader than just voting this year. And, and he had, he had an opportunity to, to make it a good night for him by, you know, when he was asked how he feels about white supremacy 
but he had these op- he did have some opportunities to to denounce white supremacy and make himself really choose a side, I guess. And uh, instead, his comments, I think, really set fire to a lot of people across the United States, set off a lot of alarms. Yeah, that moment. So Chris Wallace was a very, like we said earlier, was a very favorable um, moderator for Trump. He framed a lot of questions in a Fox News way where he, he, you know, said things about big government and things like that. It was very much framed within yeah. the Fox. He was softballing stuff. In yeah. Mm-hmm. And for a that really was... was just the softest softball down the middle of the plate. It's just like, bro, will you condemn this? And all he had to say was, yeah, I condemn white supremacy into yeah. discussion, but because Trump is such an unequivocal narcissist, he cannot criticize people who he perceives as liking him. And so he said, stand by, back stand by about the proud boys. And now there was some people who were like, how did he just come up with that on his own? Yada, yada. He didn't. Biden <laughs> said he didn't. the proud, because what happened, it was insane. That moment was insane where he was like, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? It was so like schoolyard. And they were like, condemn it, condemn white supremacy. He's like, what do you want me to say? And he was like, just condemn white supremacy. And Biden said, how and he was like, who, who, what group? And Biden was like, Proud Boys. And he was like, Proud Boys, stand back, stand by. And literally that night, the Proud Boys had patches that said that. Yeah. They were cheering. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, yeah. And that's what's really scary about it. And, and Biden called it out multiple times, which I think he did very well, was all the, you know, the whistles that he's been using for the far, the alt-right and for white supremacists throughout his time in office from his first campaign. And Currently, what he's planning to do for the next month until the upcoming campaign is use a bunch of those whistles. And, you know, it's it's terrifying to see that type of response from the Proud Boys, from people who really follow it. You know, but it's but the, the falsities that Trump also states in terms of like members of Antifa and the entire idea that the left is building some type of radical revolution to take away everybody's property and guns is a scare tactic. Right. And so that I, I do think that's one thing that people who are on the right and that are supporters of Trump really liked about the debate is because he did stick really strong to his, you know, the bottom line, which is that if the other side wins, the entire co- country is going to go to shit. Right. He was strong on that. You could see that coming out of all the right wing punditry afterwards is that he won the debate because of that, which is absurd. Yeah, but it's completely absurd. Is I, I, I yeah. read Trump. As, and there was something really interesting in his um, comments about the election was uh, he – Trump insisted several times that he thinks it will – you know, something – I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But the moderator, Chris Wallace, was like, you know, oh, it could take weeks to count the ballots. And Trump was like, it could take months. And he said that multiple times, which I found to be very interesting because I think combined with some other things, that is his plan. His plan is to run out and and throw enough dirt and sand in everybody's face that he's able to retain power. He has very obviously stopped trying to win the election. He is not trying to win the election. He is trying to retain power. And those things are very different in a democracy. 
Right. And, and it's because he has such a slim margin when it comes to being able to win the electoral votes that he needs to stay in power. He really has such a small margin and he knows how unlikely it is at this point. You know, he has to have a miracle that's even bigger than Hillary, you know, in, I, in 2016. Yeah. I and, mean, I don't and think he said he's setting it up to challenge it legally for months and months. And yep. I and I agree with you. We've been seeing the posturing from his aides and from himself over the past two months when it calls into the question of the legitimacy of the voting process. Um, and so I think you're right. I think it does. Uh, so there's, I think there's two sides of it. One, it's this multi potential multi-month after the election um, uh, drag out that we could see where he challenges it legally in hopes that the people on the Supreme Court will give him the victory because everybody in the United States is just so tired of them trying to figure out who won the election two months down the road. Um, the other side of it, which I think ties back a little bit more into the the white nationalism discussion with with the Proud Boys, is his uh, his call for potential intimidation on yes. the, on election day itself, yeah, which is which yeah. which has already been happening for a couple weeks now. Which is basically, I want my supporters to go out and make sure that everything's okay at voting places, which is uh, scary for anybody who cares about a free and legitimate election. You can't have one side standing at the polling box saying that we're the only ones who can decide if this is legitimate or not. If you're a person who can vote and you feel comfortable voting, we're the ones that get to decide that. You just, you can't have that, and no matter what that, side it is. Combine that with the Proud Boys comment, he, I think, is hoping that it is fucking white supremacy gangs who show up with their AR-15s and their M4s and their fucking fake-ass camo and stand there and scare the shit out of people. And he's yep. hoping for every single little thing like that to prevent him from... He's hoping for whatever it is. ...losing yeah, power. For whatever it is. He must, have been, he must have been so happy after the announcement today from Texas that the governor oh. basically shut down uh, drop-off places to one per county, which is mind-boggling for some of the sizes of counties that there are in Texas. Um, yep. It's absolutely a tactic to have poor communities not be able to vote in mass. Yeah, 100%. and the reason they're doing that is um, it will disproportionately affect urban voters. And so because of population density and they know that that will help them in the election. And it's just it's it's um, it's totally unacceptable. The Republican Party, for the most part, has stopped trying to win the argument and they're trying to cheat. And maintain is, the power that they have. Yeah. They're trying to maintain the power that, that they have by any means necessary. And it's because That's they really see the coming demographics that are going to. And, you know, after the Romney loss, they did the famous postmortem where they said we have to start going out and winning Latino and black voters. And instead they nominated and elected Donald Trump. And they, I think are hastening the destruction of their party. S something interesting, a little, a little nugget. Uh, the project Lincoln Twitter is about to overtake the GOP Twitter and followers, which no I find, way, really. Yep. Yep. Wow. At, I mean, it's 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 something to tip your hat at for somebody who leans left. I'm not 
I know that the Lincoln Project's really not my friend when it comes to the end of the day, but they <laughs> see the writing on the wall when it comes to some of the things Trump says about you know, our democracy and the way he acts. Yeah. They they like freedom basically. So. They the 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 main fault line coming out of this election is pro democracy or anti democracy. That's how I see it. And so you know, politics makes strange bedfellows. I have fucking Project Lincoln coffee mug that I was drinking out of yesterday, and I have donated to them multiple times. Because I'm like, look, we disagree on so many policy things, but we are both friends of democracy. And ultimately, I know and ultimately they know that if me on the left and them on the right have a serious, honest and earnest policy discussion, we're going to come out with better policy than if one side or the other wasn't full control. Right. And so that's where I think we like I feel fully comfortable giving them money. And then, you know, in two years, I'm going to be fighting with those motherfuckers. But it's going to be, quote, normal. And that's going to be, I think, very important. So I would I would advocate to our listeners donate to Project Lincoln because we need the GOP to get their fucking shit together and stop being an authoritarian, undemocratic, illiberal party. Yeah. Back to the voter suppression. Back to the voter suppression (laughs) comment. We uh, this is not that's not a new tactic. What they what they did in Texas. This happened a couple years ago in Dodge City in Kansas. Uh, they get out of they Dodge, moved baby. To, <laughs> <laughs> so what what Anderson meant by how that affects the suburbs is some of these communities the people can't make it to a voting center, and so when you when you only put one in your district or whatever, and then you put it at two and a half hours away by car. Uh, it's it can make it impossible for some of these people to get there. Anyways, right. look it up. It happened uh, a couple years ago, Dodge City, Kansas. Uh, it was a big deal. It's a very not a surprising and, thing. And also, so let's just be clear about the fact that uh, America has a long, deep, and rich history of voter suppression. <laughs> And so yeah. this yeah. is not something that's necessarily new. We had the Voting Rights Act. Oh, man, Act. in the 18, 18, 1870s, man, they would just go into a fucking store and be like, who's voting for our guy? And anybody who didn't vote, they just punch him in the face until yeah. they were like, yeah, okay, I'll vote for your guy now. That's fine. They did. <laughs> some electoral history is bananas. And they would also do stuff like throw huge keggers, 1870s style, and then just give people ballots and be like, and I think they were pre-filled out too. I mean, it was some sketchy, sketchy I, ass shit. Isn't that the isn't that the beginning of the ballot boxing parties? Isn't that kind of like where the term comes from? Is exactly oh, that. From it must 70s, be, I, yeah. I think. Um, you, but, you know what it makes me think of is uh, Gangs of New York, that scene exactly. where they're just like taking guys out the back, like shaving their beard and sending them right <laughs> Go back around. Again. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. guarantee yeah. that. There, yeah, there's more. There's more voter suppression in this country than there has ever been by far. Voter ballot fraud. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. yeah. oh yeah. By yeah. A gigantic that is statistically margin. proven. Um, Way wide margin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, breaking news, y'all. Um, from the New York Times, out at 656 uh, uh, Thursday Colorado time, Hope Hicks, a close aide to President Trump, who traveled with him to a rally in Minnesota yesterday, tested positive for the coronavirus. Ooh. Wow. Coronavirus oh. spreading around. <laughs> Turns out it's still go. a thing. Weird. Yeah. I, thought they had already beat it. I thought they already beat it. It's weird. 
Uh, some of them think huh. so. So also, yeah. shame on you, Tampa Bay Lightning. Come on, guys. What are you doing? Looking at <laughs> right. you, Alex Kalorn. What are you doing? Yeah. Sorry. That's what happens when you don't play in a bubble. Yeah, this is yeah. not the hockey podcast. Right, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah they, that, no, that's what happens when you play in a bubble for so long. And I think that you actually see that in a lot of communities. People who have been inside for so long are less likely to follow guidelines when they're around people again. Because it's been so long that they're close to people. Oh, sorry. My bubble comment was, my bubble comment was in regards to how to play your sport safely. Ah, I like see. Like the NBA. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the NHL mean. got through it. They got through with more teams. Yeah. I, we're not. This is not a sports podcast. But what yeah. I would, what I was, what, <laughs> what I was going to ask you guys, um, since since we kind of went into a, a bunch of different parts of the debate itself, um, and I think we talked touched on it quite a bit at the beginning um and and since we have our resident high school debate expert nelson paris um, you guys what do you think should be done with the next two debates i know you talked about it a little bit about how trump fares in the next one how biden fares in the next one do you think that calls for not having any more debates until the presidential election is legitimate and it should be considered love you uh, well, I guess for me, I, I don't know that there needs to be any more debates. I, I just don't think that there's that many people in this country who are watching these debates going, Hmm, that's a good point. I think I might have changed my mind, you know, yeah. like it's hard, it's hard <laughs> to imagine there's that many undecided voters at this point. Yeah. And, and yeah. so like, that's not to say I don't think debates aren't important as much as I'm saying that the debates that we're having or seeing now aren't producing anything worthwhile or that we don't already know. Can I counterpoint that? Please. So there's been tons Two and minutes. tons. <laughs> right, here we go. There's been tons and tons of people of, 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 um, Articles that have come out from mostly unnamed sources about how terrible Trump is behind closed doors. And we see some of that in um, his Twitter feed. But it was very evident to the American people who that man is through the debate. And I think that that actually is very valuable information. And it's it is it is the cruelty of the person that is that is on display, for example, when he was talking when uh, uh, Biden went into Bo Biden, said, my son's a veteran. He died. And Trump goes right back at him and says, yeah, what about your cocaine sniffing other son? And you're just yeah. like, yeah, despicable. are you it's fucking despicable. You're, just, you're yeah. the worst fucking person in the country that we somehow elected to the highest office of the country. And so I think that no, people probably are not going to change their minds. There's like four of those people left. But I think it's really valuable for the American people to really understand the man who is leading us and how disastrous of a human being he is. And that disaster of a human being leads to things like 200,000 Americans dying of COVID. See, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, that was I'll two minutes, say- almost exactly. <laughs> Suck it, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. I'll I'll say that I don't I don't know because I think a lot of people that I mean if you support Trump I you know regardless of what you see him do in the debates 
they still support him. Regardless of what he says in the debates, they still support him. I mean, and so I guess in that aspect, like, it's almost, it's maybe vindicating to see the ugliness um, of the man, you know, uh, on display like that. But I don't know that it's, I I guess I just don't know how beneficial it is. Counterpoint. Uh, Oh, Kelly, counterpoint. Uh, Well, I I mean, I don't, John, you you looked like you were pretty... uh ready to go. But what I will say is that um, I think it's important to keep the institutions going the way that we have them. I mean, part part of it here, and I I really, I don't like how the debate turned out for, uh, as an American citizen that has spent a lot of time studying politics and studying the history of debates in this country and how, you know, usually people act on stage. It was a complete debacle. It was an embarrassment to, I think, anybody who's associated with the United States currently to watch what happened on that stage. Um, And it's, it's very difficult. And there's a gut reaction that I have to say, cancel all of them. If he's just going to act like that, because there's no true discussion that's happening on stage at that point. It's, it's, it's him, it's him yelling and trying to prove a point that half the time doesn't have anything to do with what the discussion is actually about. And the other half is a falsehood usually. So, um, but I don't like the idea of straight up canceling them um, either, because I think that there is something to be said that we actually did have these debates and, you know, um, we tried to have this election be normalized. Now, I can already see the arguments on the other side that we know this isn't a normal election and there's a lot at stake here um, in the way that he acts is potentially bringing a level of fascism to this country that is unprecedented and scary for a lot of people. And that's a legitimate argument for maybe we shouldn't have him blasting into people's homes that have no context and have no way to fact check or don't care enough to fact check what he's saying. They just see the president and go, why shouldn't we trust the president? He's the president. Even if they're not staunch reporters, they might have that gut reaction. Right. Which and there so, is a solid chunk of people who have that mindset. And let's right. actually, and so it, 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 it's there, but I think that it's more important for our, polity to continue to have them as much as it pains me to say it because i don't really want to watch two more of them i think i think that's an ex- <laughs> ex- a very important point kelly that we would be rewarding him if we just canceled the debates we'd be like oh well yeah. i guess we can't do this anymore because he can't contain himself so let's just not do it it's like no we're gonna put his ass up there on the stage again and make him do that again because god damn it that's how the united states of america works yeah. we're not just you're supposed to play by the rules douche. and you got lucky that you've gotten past them so far yeah and i yep. Kelly, I gotta say, I totally agree as far as like um, not wanting to cancel him, especially because it's been an institution and it's. Uh, I, I think it could set a precedent uh, for future elections to have one or no debates, and I don't think that's a good idea. Um, and so, with that being said, as much as you know, like you said, as much as none of us want to watch it again, you know, I <clears throat> things should be changed, and I, you know, I'm not up uh, enough to speak to what those things need to be as in short of shutting off people's mics. Um, <laughs> I would just, I, would I, just I can love, nail that I, one I, down I, pretty hard. <laughs> but, can uh, you imagine if it's like a town hall debate, the next one, right? They each have their own microphone in their hand. They're allowed to like walk around the room and they're both cut oh, off no. and they're both just posturing, <laughs> talking and they're both, they're both muted. You can't can you really imagine hear the what they're saying. The camera just comes back out <laughs> both of them. It's just like that, that, I mean, that's, to me, that is so embarrassing. 
to the United States, but I can imagine that happening. Right? Yeah. Maybe we'll have the, a kindergarten the teacher like, just turn the lights on and off until they fucking shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's only embarrassing for the United States if Biden doesn't handle the situation properly. Which is what which is I don't get me wrong. My moment to brag here, Biden and Kamala Harris were my picks from the very beginning on our fantasy draft. This is true. But to play to play the hard devil's advocate here, as far as what put a bad taste in my mouth that night, it was the fact that Trump shot himself in the foot by interrupting the moderator, and then Biden went and did it a couple times after that. And you just got to know, you got to know, okay, this just happened. That didn't look good. I need to be really mindful in this moment and not do what Trump just did. I think regardless of what happens moving forward in any debate, if Biden is just conscious about that as he is in that moment, I think he'll be fine. I think if Biden was perfect, it would still be extraordinarily embarrassing for the United States because the president of the United States currently is Donald Trump. Right. Well, like even if he's, perf- so, even if he's been- perfect and he's carrying it on, you just, he just stands there and goes like this. Like points it's, over to the other it, side of the debate, it's still embarrassing. You know like, who won that debate? But Iran, I agree. But I agree China with you, Blake. With that exactly. Yeah. But that's yeah, but that's, that's fair. But I agree with you, Blake, that it does help Biden when he responds that way. Yeah, 100%. and 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 it's been an embarrassment for the last three years. So it's not like Trump acting like a buffoon is a deeper embarrassment. What's a deeper embarrassment is us not having somebody running against Trump who is more classy more put together, more calm. That's more embarrassing. Trump, we already know, is a buffoon. But I don't so think, we need to make think, sure that Biden is his best. I don't, I don't, I, I, I think that that implies a both sides of the debate, and that's not what I saw in that debate. It was not a both sides kind of experience. It was Biden doing mostly regular old debate stuff that you see a lot. And it was Trump destroying the institution. I I don't think that we should both. Sides I don't disagree that, with that. But, but I think I, I but don't I think Blake, But that. I think Blake's making making a really important point here, and it's that we don't. There, there's a lot of people who don't see debates that way, right? And so they see Trump acting that way, right? And they can either respond that one because he's badgering and berating, he's winning the debate, or two, he's losing the debate in and. If they're if they just do it on I think body language and responses, the only way that Biden gets more people that way is in a calmer demeanor. I, I, I don't I don't necessarily I, I oh I, I do too. Given the circumstances, he was way he, he was way more calm. Oh I agree. Yeah. He was so, way more calm. But my 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 point was not over uh, getting somebody to vote for him. It was what is and what is not embarrassing. And my point was only that. But I what can be more what can be more embarrassing is if Biden slips up. But I disagree because he that is he our future. Up. I disagree that he slipped up. Like I'm not I'm not saying he slipped up. I'm saying if he slips up. I'm saying Biden what can be more embarrassing is if Biden does not hold himself together in the future debates. If Biden plays into yes. it. Yeah, and I think he did a pretty yeah. I th- I think he did an extraordinarily well uh, good job at the debate the first one with dealing with a buffoon. I mean, he, he did not, I don't think that he rose in anger. I think that he did a good job of belittling him. I think that the turn to the camera and talk to the directly to the American people tactic was great. I think that was one of the best ways for him to deal with it. Whenever Trump started spewing crap, he just turned to the camera 
and address the people. Yeah, watching. it was like th- this isn't about him. And and I thought one of his strongest moments was uh, when you know Trump is talking all about the election and how illegitimate it is. And Biden looks at the camera. He's like, he does not get to decide that. You, the American people, get to decide that. And yep. that is that is the essence of living in a democracy. We do not follow our leaders. We are the leaders. Every the Barack Obama says the most important office in the United States is the office of citizen. And I a thousand percent agree with him. And Biden made an excellent, excellent point going back to that and saying this fucking clown does not get to decide what our elections are. You, the American people, get to decide what the elections are. So I just want to say to our listeners, it's a scary fucking time right now. This is one of the scariest times in American history. But we are in control of what happens next, not the president. The American people get to decide how this election is going to go. And if it if we all turn out and we all voice our opinion against this nonsense, he's going to go away. And by the way, the most perfect ad political ad I've ever seen in my life was when Donald Trump was like, oh, you just might not ever hear from me again. And then it was Biden Harris. <laughs> that was, that was, I was like, it's over. It's fucking over. Like that was KO. Boom. Right there. Like right. every political yep. science class should just start with that shit. It was. Yep. And, so and, if you're, and if you're vindictive, like some of us might be on this podcast, that's because he'll be in jail. Yeah, he will be. That is why he's so goddamn desperate to stay in office is because the moment he leaves, he's going to get fucking charged. And oh, by the way, he has four hundred and twenty seven million dollars that he owes somebody. And that's coming due soon. Oh, that's and true. It, we didn't even get to the tax return stuff. In no, case you listeners, I know that I know that we're pretty far into this episode, but his tax returns were finally made public, which was which was <laughs> if you've been paying attention at all, shouldn't have been that much of a surprise that he's been completely lying about yeah. that. But yeah, he paid seven hundred and fifty dollars yeah. in ta- federal income taxes. In the I, it was either two thousand sixteen or two thousand seventeen. He was in office when he paid that. And he used all sorts of gimmicks to get around that. It is unclear if they're legal or not. And then the the thing about the $400 million <laughs> that he's in debt, it's a national security issue. That's how a lot of people do, are not able to get security clearances when they're heavily in debt because it's one of the best ways to turn yep. somebody. Yep. Oh, yep. <laughs> Excuse me. You take away their livelihood, their way to act, you know? Yep, exactly. So it it is. Um, who boy, do I want to know who he owes that money to? I do have a theory, though. Eric Trump in 2014 said we don't use American banks because we have plenty of Russian money. <laughs> Interesting. John, you do. seem to be forgetting that there was already a whole probe into his dealings with Russia, <laughs> and it, he was completely exonerated. The Mueller report said he, he was completely innocent. It never happened. Uh, so, I don't know. I just, might be barking up the wrong tree, buddy. His most recent tax return release is actually a lie. None of it's real. It's a fake tax return. Just like his medical exams. Also known as tax returns. <laughs> fax returns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that Donald Trump should be held to the debates. Just to turn it back around here before we wrap up. I think he doesn't want to do them. And I think I don't think Trump wants to do anything that he's supposed to be doing as our president. 
or an elected official. And so as long as we can hold him to that flame, I think it's going to drive him nuts. And that's good. Driving your opponent mentally uh, nuts is a part of the game. So I wanted to be president because I watched Obama golf. I thought I'd be able to golf all the time and get taxpayer money for my golf courses. And it doesn't work that way. <laughs> he does all that. Uh, you can well, ask anyone. I, say, I thought it was going to work like, that way. That's, that's what he's he, doing. He's golfed almost an entire year's worth of days. Yeah. While being president. Because when he's in prison, he won't be able to golf anymore. He's getting it <laughs> in, dude. Duh. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Yeah, I mean, it is a crazy, crazy fucking time to live in a country where your president is very likely a criminal. And uh, yeah. ostensibly a, the greatest democracy the world has ever seen. So let's 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 get back to that. Sorry, it took us so long to record this episode. We will be putting out another one very shortly on the late and great RVG. But in the meantime, stay healthy, stay safe. And and I don't know. I'm sure you guys know. Most of our listeners know. I would I would imagine. But just to get this out into the world, it our country started as a revolution against a king. That was the inception of our country and it is amazing to me that the same folks who spent 2010 saying the you know uh tree of liberty needs to be watered with the blood of patriots every once in a while to quote thomas jefferson all these motherfuckers are just just taking the knee bending the knee to this man and it is wild wild to me to watch it was that a reference to the tea partiers yeah those motherfuckers, and and just as a, a little fun prediction, uh, when when the Democrats take the Senate back and and when Joe Biden is president, there's going to be a whole lot of Republicans who uh, remember that they care about the deficit. It's going to be real fun when they <laughs> remember just, that the yeah, deficit. You exists. just wait. You just wait. We oh, can't. It's gonna uh, be great. Are you kidding me? The Democrats are actually going to spend and tax people more? That's ridiculous. That's just. And it's like, no, that's called fiscal responsibility, motherfuckers. Godspeed, everybody. Yeah.